there, it's Fashti Sarah. Welcome back to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, all the cool buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. As always, if this is not your first time listening, thank you so much for coming back, for tuning in, for staying connected, and for being a part of this podcast. So let's talk sex. For some reason, this topic is very well loved, very well liked. And I think it's because it has a lot to do with the intimacy between one person and another. Now, I won't get into the semantics of sex because you and I know full well what sex is all about, what it entails. If you've had the birds and the bees talk with your parents or if you've had a sex ed class, then you know what sex is all about. What we're going to talk about today, though, is the difficulties faced within the Christian community in terms of the topic of sex and the importance of waiting, waiting outside of the physical act of sexual intercourse in keeping yourself pure in mind, body and heart. Growing up in the church, I was always told that sex is something to stay far away from. I don't want to bash the church setting because I love that I grew up in Christ. I love that I grew up knowing the gospel message. I appreciate the fact that my parents were so keen in making sure that every area of our lives, we were touched by the gospel message and that we were walking in that and fulfilling that. However, In terms of sex, in terms of physical affection, the church did a really poor job in that because for me, I understood sex as something bad. I understood it as something dangerous and that I should stay far away from it. And I will talk more about that in another podcast or probably a blog first, since this is post blog. I'll definitely talk about how that negative concept of sex changed now that I'm married and how Jared and I had to walk through that, that it's not a sin, that it's okay because we are within a covenant and it's safe and it's protected and it's governed by God. I will say the church did a horrible job. They made me feel as if sex was such a dirty thing and it was to stay far away from so sinful if you ever do it. Now, yes, sex outside of marriage is a sin. It is sinful. It defiles a marriage bed if you're engaging in sexual intercourse or any type of sexual activity. I won't get into debate whether wandering hands, lustful thoughts, pornography, masturbation, rubbing on each other. I won't get into debate on whether or not that is sex. Let's just be completely honest here. Any of those things that I just listed can lead to sexual intercourse, can lead to deadly sexual sin. Here's the thing. If you are striving to have a pure mind, pure heart, pure body, why then would you encourage sexual drives? Why why then would you want to entertain that type of stimulation? A lot of the times, the reason why we struggle with pornography, masturbation, wandering hands, lustful thoughts, anything in that area is because we're trying to fulfill a need. We're trying to get that dopamine hit. We're trying to get that satisfaction, that instant gratification. And once it's done, then we feel horrible. We feel sinful. We, we feel dirty. And that's the idea. Sex within the context of marriage, 
under a covenant by God will and should not feel dirty. It should not feel like a sin. It should not feel as if you're doing wrong. But isn't it interesting that anything related to sex, if done outside of marriage, it feels dirty, you feel sinful, you feel as if you need to cleanse yourself because you know you've done wrong. And that's that guilt conscience that's been built inside of us, that's been engraved inside of us. I say that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a discernment to know right from wrong, but the world says it's guilt conscience. So we'll just use that term for now. But just so you know, from a biblical perspective, the Holy Spirit was given to us to discern and to help us with our walk here on earth. Now, what does the Bible say about sex before marriage? Or what does the Bible say about sex when it should be done? Plain and simple in Hebrews 13 verse 4. It reads, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. So within a marriage, sex is good. The marriage bed, do as you please. But outside of marriage, if you engage in any type of sexual activity, you've defiled the marriage bed. You're deemed as sexually immoral and adulterous. And that sounds horrible. That sounds judgmental. It sounds harsh, but that's just the nature of the beast. We're not playing games. If your goal in life is to please God, then we should have consistency throughout the Christian faith. And I've emphasized this numerous times in my previous podcast and in my blog post that there is an enormous inconsistency within the Christian faith. We pick and choose what we emphasize. We pick and choose what we want to promote. We pick and choose what we deem as sinful and not. But let's be honest, if we feel pretty grossed out or we feel dirty after doing something, then maybe just maybe that's a sin. Maybe just maybe we've gone a little bit too far. The whole idea of purity, the whole idea of saving yourself, saving your mind, body, and heart for the person that God has for you is so that you can be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be for whoever God placed in your path. I'll tell you this, at the age of probably nine or 10, I started praying for my husband. I wrote letters to him. I wrote prayers for him. I, it was pretty silly, to be honest. I, just a little girl. Dear the love of my life, I pray that you had a good day today. I pray that Jesus just blesses your heart. And yes, as innocent as it may be and as silly as it may seem, I wanted someone specific. I prayed a specific prayer. I wanted someone that was patient, that was kind, that would fear the Lord above all else, that was mission oriented, that understood the importance of tithing and giving back to the community that loved without no judgment, and that was pure. Now, there were other things on my so-called list of requirements, but things that I wanted in someone else are things that I knew I struggled with outside of the virginity part, because at age 10, at age 9, 10, I really wasn't thinking about sex. I feel like this generation is a lot more advanced than my generation was when we were 9 or 10, at age nine and 10, I remember playing Legos, watching VeggieTales or watching some Disney princess movie. Nine and 10 now, there's, they're engaged in TikTok, Reels, Instagram stories, all of that jazz. But at the age of nine and 10, I really wasn't thinking about sex. Yeah, sure, I had little crushes here and there, but it was never that intensified where my mind was so open to the physical body. But back to it, all these prayers, all these writings for my future husband 
were things that I was struggling with. I wanted someone that was patient. I wanted someone that was kind. I wanted someone that understood specific things that was way advanced than I was. And these weren't prayers between the age of nine and 10. These were prayers all the way up until I met my future husband, until I met Jared. I was praying these prayers. I was writing these letters. I was talking to Jesus about specific things that I knew I struggled with. And I hope my husband has a grasp of it, a little bit more of a grasp than I do, because biblically speaking, he will be leading the home. I say that to say, even though I was praying for these specific things, I was asking God to work on those things in my heart because I wanted to be the best version of myself that I could possibly be for whoever God placed in my path. The whole concept of we complete each other. I hate it. I hate the concept. And if you are all for it, I'm sorry. We can still be friends, but we can agree to disagree. I don't like that concept at all. Because here's the thing, it's saying that I can come half full, you can come half full, we'll meet in the middle and make a whole. No, not at all. I love the idea of being as full as you can possibly be, to be whole, to be completely wrecked by God in every aspect of your life. And that person who you are praying for and God is preparing for you should be fully wrecked by God, should be fully whole. Two half people means that there's another half of them that needs a lot of work. And there's no point of pursuing someone who doesn't really have their crap together. That's harsh. That's blunt. But you don't want to carry intense baggage within your marriage. And yeah, Jared and I have been married for seven weeks. We don't know it all. I get it. But what I will say, we made a huge point to work on ourselves Not a lot of people know this, but I was in counseling while we were dating. There were certain things that came up. There were certain issues that I had to walk through that I hadn't really talked about much, that I hadn't really worked on and deal completely with that I had to go to counseling. And he suggested it. I know in the Christian community, a lot of people are against counseling because it's as if you are falling apart. You're mentally crazy. No, everybody needs a counselor. Everybody needs someone to talk to. That's why we have friends. That's why we have mentors. But I had to go to counseling because there were serious issues that I had to walk through, that I had to talk through, that I had to pray through. And Jared walked me through that because he, as I, we both wanted to be the best version of ourselves. And he told me, Vashti, I need you to walk through this before marriage. Yes, it may resurface in marriage. Yes, it may be an issue that we'll have to hash out, talk about and take to Jesus but I need you to work on this on your own when you're single. I need you to fully heal in this area as a single woman that when we're married and it comes up again, we can walk through it together hand in hand. He was with me then. He prayed for me then, but he encouraged me to take the step to speak out and to walk through that difficult situation. Sex, all it entails, whether it's sexting, it's masturbation, pornography, wandering hands, lustful thoughts, all these things are sexual sins. All of these things outside of marriage is wrong. And I will say this too, inside of marriage, it is wrong, especially pornography and masturbation, because that is self-gratification. That is seeking something to fulfill a need outside of your husband. Maybe I'll do another podcast on this, but pornography and masturbation specifically should not be within your home, should not be within the marriage bed or the marriage room. Because sex is between one man and one woman who is under a covenant by God. If you've read my blog post, you know that Jared and I waited. 
We waited because we understood the importance of purity. I'll be honest, when I met Jared, I was shocked that he kept his virginity because I I think he's pretty darn fine. I have quite the hots for him. In our first couple weeks of dating, the issue or the topic of purity came up and I was honest with him. I told him, I've never had sex before. I'm a virgin. I've liked different boys. I've made a couple mistakes here and there, but here it is. It's all on the table. And then Jared, he was like, wow, well, I've never had sex before. I've made a couple mistakes here and there. Here it is. It's all on the table. Both of us were shocked because in this day and age, it's hard to find someone that values and sees the importance of purity in mind, heart, soul, and body. But he prayed for it. That was a deal breaker for him. And I prayed for it. That was a deal breaker for me. I just want to encourage y'all to pray specific prayers. If you are single right now, this is the opportunity. This is the time to become the best version of yourself you can possibly be in every area of your life so that when God places that person in your path, you are whole. He's not dealing with someone broken. He's not dealing with someone with a bunch of issues and vice versa. You should be praying for someone who has his crap together. That when you meet him, yeah, you'll walk through things. That's not to say that life will be smooth sailing. You'll walk through difficult things. That's a fact. But in terms of issues that should have been dealt with as a single person, pray that he gets that figured out. Pray that he or she gets that worked out before your paths cross each other. Sex is a beautiful thing. It's absolutely beautiful. Now that I'm married, I am understanding the importance of waiting a little bit more. I knew to wait. I knew the value of waiting. And a lot of that had to do with the pressure from growing up in a Christian community. So I give them credit there. While my concept was skewed in terms of it being negative, it was ultimately my choice. I could have done it. Jared could have done it. But we both decided to wait. And that's not to say that it was easy. My goodness, it was hard. The first year or two of dating wasn't too hard We walked through quite a bit together, but it wasn't hard in terms of physical boundaries. But the third year leading to engagement and marriage, I can tell you, it was difficult. And that's why it's so important to have accountability. It's so important to have people in your life that will call you out, that will say it as it is, that will ask you the hard questions, that will ask you the tough questions and will be brutally honest with you. We had to set boundaries. There were certain things that were completely off the board. Sexting, completely off the board. Pornography, off the board. Masturbation, off the board. Someone advised us specifically, they told us, as much as you can, avoid skin to skin. And what what they meant by skin to skin is not the act of sexual intercourse. It's allowing your hands to wander in areas that it doesn't need to wander in. Hey, we're being honest here, right? We had to set a curfew. That sounds so simple as a 23, 24 year old. I think he at the time was 25 or 26. But we're adults per se, but we had a curfew. We weren't allowed in the apartments one-on-one unless my roommate was there, his parents were at the house, And even then, windows were open. If your goal is to do this whole dating thing right, then you have to take drastic measures. It's not easy. If anyone told you that dating was easy, they're flat out lying to you. It is not. There's so much in dating that is not talked about. It is hard. But in terms of the physical aspect, that is crazy hard. But you have to set your mind. You and whoever you're dating have to be in agreement to say, we're going to take drastic measures. We're going to do whatever it takes. 
to not mess up, to not fail. And if you fail, there is grace. God forgives. Jesus heals. There's forgiveness. There are many things outside of sex that can be done that defiles the marriage bed that ruins what marriage will be. If you want to have the best marriage that you can possibly have in terms of the physical aspect, I encourage you to wait. I encourage you to remain pure. And it's not easy, but it is absolutely worth it. If you're struggling, just say no more. Say no more. I'm going to do this right. I'm going to start today. If you're in a dating relationship and y'all are struggling, y'all have messed up here and there, wandering hands, sexting, doing things that you're not supposed to do, having lustful thoughts about each other, today's your day to say no more and to get started towards wholeness. Before I close, I do want to say this because I know there are people listening who probably have had sex and that doesn't mean that you are broken, that you don't deserve a good man or deserve a good woman. For you, sex could have been consensual or not. Whatever it is, God can heal that. God can restore that. God can make that whole. I have friends and family members who have had sex before marriage, and they've admitted that. And they've expressed the struggles they've experienced in marriage because of their decision or because someone robbed them of their sexual purity. For those of you who it was their decision, God sees you. God hears you. God has restored that. Quit living in shame. You and your husband have made a decision to live this life together. Do that in fullness. For those of you who that was taken away from you, I am deeply sorry. I wish I can turn back time and save you from that. But let me tell you something. God can heal. God can restore. And God can make you whole. And whoever you marry will love you fiercely. I know this personally. Whoever you marry will see you as beauty, will see you as a treasure, will see you as a gift. Sex was created by God. Sex is beautiful. Sex is something that you cherish with your husband or your wife. Do your best. Do your absolute best to be the best version of yourself you can be in preparation for the person that God is preparing for you today. As I wrap this up, I'm just going to pray for three groups of people. Those of you who are single and are waiting. Those of you who are in a relationship and are struggling. And those of you who are married and are holding on to guilt and shame. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your faithfulness. I lift up those today who are struggling because they are single. They're struggling because they see everyone else in a relationship. They desire that intimacy. They desire that one-on-one. -on -one. But God, I pray that in the time of the waiting, in this season of waiting, that they will use their time to become the best version of who they are capable of becoming. God, I pray that they will wait on you, that they will not rush the process, that they will not rush the season because singleness is beautiful. Singleness is a time to become whole. God, I know you have someone specific for them. Whoever's listening, whoever needs to hear this, God has something specific for you. So keep waiting. Keep doing your part. For the ones that are in a relationship and are struggling and have messed up and have, and have been entertaining lustful thoughts, have been entertaining sexual desire, God, I pray that today is the day they say, I quit. No more. God, I pray that both of them are in agreement to pursue you first, to pursue what you desire, pursue wholeness, to pursue 
purity of heart, mind, body, and soul. And if they're not in agreement, God, I pray for boldness to walk away from the relationship. I pray for courage to say, my goal is to please God first. And this relationship is not doing that. And God, I pray for those who are married, who are holding on to guilt and shame from their decision in having sex before marriage. And for those who it wasn't their decision, but it was taken away from them. God, I thank you that you can provide healing, that you can provide wholeness, that you can provide restoration. God, that they will no longer walk in guilt and shame. And if it's counseling that they need, if it's a friend that they need, God, that you will provide that, that they will be able to walk through and know that my God restores, my God heals, and my God is for me. Thank you for healing. Thank you, Jesus, for purity. God, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. I hope you guys enjoyed today's topic on more than sex before marriage. Sometime we're going to do a series on relationship. We'll do more on sex. We'll do more on what all that entails. But yeah, that's today's podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, follow button, share button, all the cool buttons to stay connected with the post blog podcast. Same time, same place next week. I love y'all. But remember, God loves you most. Thank you.